Hey there, voice teachers. It is Nikki from Full Voice Music. And today's podcast, podcast number 46, is a vocal exercise masterclass. And this was recorded live from Las Vegas. Oh, that sounds so fancy. Uh, My dear friends and expert colleagues, Dana Lentini, Brian Lee, and Shannon Coates share their problem-solving technical exercises that they use in their teaching studios. And they are diving deep into the hows and whys of each of them. Welcome to the Full Voice Podcast, teaching strategies and resources for voice teachers working with young singers. Now here's your host, Nikki Loney. Hey there, voice teacher. Thank you so much for joining me on the Full Voice Podcast. I am so excited to share these interviews with you today. These conversations were recorded live from the Tropicana Hotel in Las Vegas. I have just returned, I'm still recovering, from the uh, Nats convention in Las Vegas. It was an unbelievable time. There is nothing better than connecting with colleagues than to submerge yourself into some new learning and some new ideas or review some ideas. Um, my, my brain is full. <laughs> my heart is full. And I didn't even get to go to any of the, uh, the any of the classes because I was in the exhibit hall uh, with the full voice workbooks and with my colleagues from the speakeasy. And I got to meet so many people. If you came up to my booth, if you told me uh, a little bit about your teaching studio and shared some of your experiences, thank you so much. I love talking to teachers. I love finding out what's going on in your teaching studios. I met some teachers from all over the North America, Canada and the US. Um, It was a really great time. And of course, it was a great opportunity because I got to connect with some of my colleagues who I usually don't get to talk to. So one of those people is Dana Lentini. Now you, if you're a listener, to the podcast, you know that Dana's podcast number 37, all about the young singing larynx. She shared uh, some great information about what we have to know about the, the, the voices and where they are in their development. And it was a great podcast. In fact, Dana's podcast is one of the most listened to podcasts and one of the most downloaded podcasts from our site. So Dana was at the convention And Dana was talking to me about this fun little exercise that she uses to help her singers obviously warm up, but to sing expressively. And I know that you know that getting our kids to sing with expression and feeling is tricky. It's challenging. So she shared this little exercise and I was like, this is a brilliant exercise. And I grabbed my little portable recorder. I dragged her over to the corner of the hall and we recorded this interview. Now, I just want to let everybody know, you will hear some background talking and noise, but I think you'll be able to hear Dana just fine. So this is Dana Lentini talking about expressive singing warm-ups. Uh, I'm at the Nats convention with my good friend Dana Lentini, and she was just explaining to me this, this exercise that she uses, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is brilliant. And I'm like, come over here and record this. So um, Dana, give us a little background we were talking about so first of all where did you get this exercise from so you so I got this off of a DVD by Robert Edwin who right. works with kids and 
it's a video so you can see the kid doing it, but it's such a great exercise. It's an exercise that can be used when we're working with kids to get them to work on expression. Mm, that's always tough. You can do this exercise with just facial expressions or they can throw their whole body into it. Mm. Depends on maybe some kids, you need to get away from the whole body. And I'll say, no, you have to keep your hands still and you can only express it in your face. And it's an exercise that, so it's good for that, but it's also a great exercise to use with kids when maybe you have a really shy student oh, that nice. doesn't come out of their shell and like, what can I do with this student? They're just not, and then maybe they're bored. I'm, I'm, I hear that from people like, oh, I have a student, they just seem bored, they're not mm. enjoying it. This exercise, everybody loves. Oh, I love it, okay. And so it's just, I'm really happy. And I'll have them do that, you know, then you go up your half step, you do it again. And then after that, maybe I'll say, what else are you feeling? So Nikki, what are you feeling? I'm feeling tired, Dina. Exactly. I'm so, so then, tired. I'm really tired. Oh, I love it. I'm really tired. And then they can inflect however and they, they do. feel. Oh, exactly. my gosh. And so then, okay, what else are you feeling? Um anxious because I got to get on my plane. I'm really anxious. And then their hands get into it. One of their favorite ones is I'm really goofy. Oh my gosh. And they just go berserk. And then they go berserk. And sometimes they just need to do that in a lesson. But then I'm like, okay, now we're going to be very serious. So I always try to end it, you know, because you can redirect it so easily. And then they're like, oh yeah, okay. Oh, I'm going to be really serious now. And then now they're serious and now we're ready to go do something else. I love it. Thank it's a great you. exercise. That is a yeah. beautiful. I'm I'm stealing that. Okay. All right. And we knew who, who do we need to give credit for this? Robert Edwin. Robert Edwin. Oh, yeah, awesome. I think he's in Cinnamon Cinnamonson, New Jersey. Thanks, Robert. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. <laughs> Thanks, Dana. <laughs> So a special thank you to Dana for sharing that exercise with us. Uh, I also wanted to mention that Dana has a, a wonderful contribution to the new Full Voice Teacher Guide, which is now available. So excited to release that. Dana shared her information yet again about the Young Singing Larynx in our new resource. So thank you, Dana, for all your, your expertise and resources. Now, my next guest on this impromptu conversation is Mr. Brian Lee. Now, Brian is a singer, a teacher of singers, and an author. His new book, Sane Singing, A Guide to Vocal Progress, is brilliant. It is so brilliant that I'm going to be talking to Brian soon and having him as a guest on this podcast because I think if uh, if you haven't checked out his book, it is a gift not only to those who may be uh, investing in lessons and looking to uh, find a teacher, but I think it's a great reminder for voice teachers uh, how we can best serve our students. So, so much great information. So we're going to be talking to uh, Brian in a little bit more detail coming up on a new podcast, but Brian was sharing some ideas about a very common exercise that a lot of us use, which is the Mesa de Voce. And I wanted to kind of corner him and get his thoughts and ideas on how he uses this exercise with his students. 
All right, so uh, I'm here in Vegas with my good friend Brian Lee, author of Sane Singing. And Brian, you're going to be an upcoming guest on the podcast anyways, but we this is like a little mini interview, and we're talking about go-to favorite problem-solving vocal exercises, and you are a Mesa de Voce guy. I am. Okay, so so for, for those people who may not know that term. Sure. So give them the give them the lowdown on that and then you're going to tell us why you love it so much. Sure. Okay. So, well, the traditional mesa di voce exercise is singing one note, yes. starting softly, getting louder and going back to soft. That's the classic way to do it. Although right. there are a lot of variations possible okay. beyond that, but that's the classic sort of original mesa di voce exercise. Nice. Now, why is that so bloody hard? For singers, why is that such a, it's a tough one. Like physiologically what's going on is you're, you're going from a, a thin and light use of the vocal folds to a thicker mm. fold mass and back to thinner again. Mm. So that, that thin to thick to thin it is a really fine motor control ah. uh, that needs to be addressed. So it has to be worked into gradually. Oh, um, wow, okay. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. I was always focusing breath-wise and trying to make it even. Yeah. Like, like the crescendo and then the decrescendo. Mm-hmm. It was always like, where's middle? Yes. To understand the breath more. Right. That was kind of where I was coming from. I never thought of it that way. Yeah. So, well, I have a couple ways I like to teach it, and you mentioning middle was really cool. Okay. Because one of the ways to teach it is to start from middle, whatever oh. would be sort of the full part, Okay. and then going one direction, well, from full to softer is right. a way you could start. So. Oh, so you split it in half. Yep. Okay. So as an example, and some singers will have an easier time going from the loudest part to softer, and some have an easier time going from softer. the soft part to loud. Mm. So... Uh, one way you could start it, if, if it, the singer is easier with exploring louder to softer, would be like, just on a note, but you could do it on a scale or whatever, would be like, ah, ah, ah. And then if, if they're good at that, then you can say, okay, let's do the other part. Um, ah, 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 where they don't worry about the other half yet. Right. And then you can you can start to put them together, but one of the ways I like to put them together oh. is with fairly short notes. I call them bulges. Oh, okay. Okay, so mm, do tell. When you look at the old notation for a mesa di voce exercise, it'll be whole notes or yes. two whole notes tied together. Mm-hmm. the The idea is it's long notes, mm-hmm. and this control is exerted over a long period. But I take a note like quarter note at uh, quarter equals 60 or something. Oh, oh. And so I might do a short scale where the note has a very short um, swell and diminish in that note. So like and then you can start to stretch it out. Before you like take it apart into this sort of abstractified single right, note. Right, right, right. So I make it like a funny, a funny phrase nice. with, that has bulges in it. I call oh, it. I'm, I'm going to steal that. Yeah. Just so. that. I love that. Thank you. You're welcome. You gave me some really good ideas. Thank you. Super. 
Now, as Brian and I walked back into the exhibit hall, uh, we continued the conversation. And uh, fortunately, I had not turned off the recorder. So it kept recording us as we walked back into the hall. And I am so glad that this happened because Brian continued to discuss this exercise and how it's helpful for our young boys, for our boys that are going through changing voice. So it's a little quieter in the background because I was holding the recorder uh, not in front of him, but so much great information happened in a little jaunt across the hall. The other fun thing is to take the two halves on different pitches. So like go, oh. 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 So hard. Yeah, yeah. You crisscross. But it, it leads to all kinds of fun control games that, you know, and it's like three, five minutes of max. Maybe yeah, three no, minutes you, you, of a you lesson. You can't ask them to focus and too long yeah, on that. Yeah, but man, it, it, it really yields some fun results. Nice. Yeah. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, I never thought, I know I understand the thick and thin, but I never thought of that being focused. For me, it was always more front. Well, what I find with, with your, your pubes, the, the, <laughs> the boys going through the change, Yeah. Um, if they get more mastery over thick, thin, down low, that prepares them for the going up, down. Because thinner function is also a part of the stretch of going higher. Right. So if they can, if they, because what you'll get at first, you know how they'll go, ha, 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 ha. Well, if, when they first try to do messa devoce on one note, you'll get, ah. You actually get a crack on one note. Right. But when they start to be able to make it that one note softer, then they're prepared to start going up. And that's how you can go up a note at a time. It's, yeah, that's why it's my go-to building block. I relate everything to it. Now, joining in in the discussion as we got back to the exhibit hall uh, is my good friend and colleague, Shannon Coates. Now, Shannon, for those of you who listen to the podcast, uh, did podcast number 19, uh, uh, Singers Who Struggle With Stillness, a great interview about helping our wiggly, fidgety students. If you haven't checked out that podcast, I highly recommend that you do. Now, Shannon expanded on Brian's ideas and talked about uh, coordinating muscles and why she approaches it and how she approaches it and what she's listening for and focusing on when she does these types of exercises with her students. Yep. So I will often do that with staccatos. So ha, 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 ha. I don't care whether it's in tune. I don't care whether right. it sounds good. Yeah. I just want you to coordinate. So I want you to coordinate muscle action. I want you to coordinate breath flow. I want you to coordinate foam. Uh, vocal folds phonating right beautiful that's all i want yeah and then and points of energy with those too right mm. so then we're just going to join those points of energy and join those points of coordination oh. through the pitch range Love right it. Yeah. so i think it's a very similar it is. to what you're doing with that mesa de voce just that getting the coordination that initial excuse me, coordination happening and then spreading that coordination out over a pitch range, over a volume range. Spreading over it out, range, that's what right? I would Just say, yeah. Lengthen that coordination, uh -huh. Uh -huh, that point of coordination. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. This is what ha, happens when... Ha, 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 ha. Doesn't have to be in tune. Doesn't yeah. have to be a good vowel. Yeah. Doesn't Just have to be, be nice coordination. Sound. Doesn't have to be a good sound. Right. Yeah. yeah, doesn't have to be a good sound. What freedom. This is particularly good for sopranos in the top of their range when they're trying to squeeze and figure out what that coordination is required for the top. And it's mm -hmm. great for men going through passaggio into the upper yes. range. Yes, yes. 
just because you can't think, you can't think, you're just gonna do the coordination. Just hit, hit, hit is a bad word, but just coordinate, 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 points of energy, yeah. points of energy, points of energy, and then spread it out. Beautiful. Isn't that huge? Yes. This is what happens when you times. go to conventions and you just hang out with voice teachers, you just talk. Uh -huh, you just talk about crazy yeah. stuff. And fun stuff. And you're like, wait, you do that? I do something like that too, and now I'm going to do yours. <laughs> I'm, to I'm stealing I'm totally Brian. taking that home with me now. Now, now that I have Shannon and Brian uh, talking about their favorite exercises, I did want to ask them about how they would approach working with the boys who are going through voice change who are singing with a lot of tension. And again, both Brian and Shannon were really helpful and had some really great ideas and a little bit of anatomy in here, a little bit of uh, technical uh, understanding, which I think is very helpful for all of us. So this is Brian and Shannon talking about getting that tension out of those young boys who are dealing with the, the change in their voice. My question was mm -hmm. to both expert masterclass <laughs> that I'm having here in the convention hall with Brian Lee and Shannon Coates is about our boys who are going through the change and they're working too hard and they've got, like Brian said, I'm stealing it, they've got that hole in their voice. Mm -hmm. We're trying to get some work through that passaggio. So, so one more time, my right. apologies. Tell, tell us how you, you, you start from the top down. Yeah, top down and, and higher falsetto. So this broken, uncoordinated falsetto mm -hmm. that we don't ask it to relate to the rest of the voice yet. And we're not worried about the sound quality either. No. That's important no. to yeah. know. We're not trying to fix all those stupid no. little things. doesn't have to be a clear sound. Breathy is fine because breath mm -hmm. flow is a, is a characteristic of falsetto anyway. Mm -hmm. so, so we may start somewhere around G or above, above middle C, okay. G or A or B. And usually with an ooh is how I'll start it. And uh, so like, and they may not be able to get it below, say, an F. Right. And their bottom voice may not be able to go above a D. <laughs> so there's and that so hole. there's a hole. <laughs> but, but with that new voice, with the new newly grown folds that are thicker and flabbier mm -hmm. at the moment it's mm -hmm. it's new big muscle that's not toned yet right mm -hmm. so but they so we should be working this we should be helping them mm -hmm. and encouraging oh, them yeah. to sing through this yeah. do you like for me it's often the challenge that they're so judging the sound and i'm always like don't worry about it don't yeah. worry. we're just making sounds yeah. Like, yeah. let's not worry about we're it but that's hard exactly yes that's hard for them to let go of that yeah mm -hmm. like, well I encourage like I uh, like creepy voice though. I'm yeah, so use that. as you falsetto gets really low, like below middle C, where I want I want to see plenty of overlap between chest and falsetto before we worry about coordination much. Right. So mm. as it gets, mm. hello little boy. Oh my god! No, you know, <laughs> no, too creepy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's creepy. exactly. Yes. I know so, where you're going there. So that so I like to get that going first, and mm. then and then. Um, I like for them, then, then it's like, okay, we've now joined pitches. We, can, we have a universe of pitches. They aren't coordinated yet. But then I like to even exploit that lack of coordination so that they know where the boundaries are right now oh, nice. between their chest and their falsetto. Right. So mm. there's where the yodel comes in. And ah, yodel doesn't have nice. to sound good. No, and you, don't, you can be goofy with that. Yeah. Right? And they're pretty so, good And the freedom of that going back and forth, a lot of times they get a couple more tones of chest voice out right away. Wow. 
okay, great. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not overthinking, right? Yeah, they're exactly. out of their, you're getting them out of their heads, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All yeah. right, Shannon. I love it. Okay, Brian Lee, that was amazing. Yeah. Shannon. That was awesome. Shannon, um, chime so in there. I'll just, I'll just run back to the beginning a little bit and just say that, and Brian alluded to this as well, but the reason that that's happening is because they've had this massive change in the structure of their folds, right? So they've gone from having thin folds that move with um, a, a little less pressure, a little mm -hmm. less air pressure. Yes, yes. So they've always had this easy production, thin folds, high uh, sound, less air pressure, um, faster air moving air, but less pressure required to move those folds. So now they've got thick folds and a flappy muscle. And it was like, <laughs> right, they've got thick folds there, and now they require breath pressure that they didn't require before to move those folds, okay. right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, uh, it's slower moving air. If to simplify, it's slower moving air because the the pitch is low, the pitch is lower, so the oscillation is lower, the frequency is lower, but it requires more pressure. So that's I coming back to breath and the movement in the breath, then because the larynx feels so unstable, mm -hmm. all of a sudden they don't have that breath pressure, so then they start to move forward in the body and they yep. start to tense yep. and come forward right. because they're trying to stabilize, trying to stabilize the larynx, how to stabilize this sucker. And, but the best way to stabilize the larynx is, first of all, to have you know your body in the right position, of course, but have that breath moving the way we need it to move, right? So we need that Ooh. breath pressure. So coming top down is amazing. And I'm, I would just add to that as well that I'm, I will often ask them to remember what it feels like to have that ease in the upper range. Yes. And we're still going for that same ease. Yep. And at the same time, as you get into the lower range, we're actually going to physically move the ears back over the shoulders. Ooh. So physically have this movement going on. I'm doing a little rocking, just so you know. So the ears are moving back over the shoulders. So we're doing like... Five, four, three, two, one, one, one. So the stretches on when I get into that addition of the chest voice or the lower voice, or mm -hmm. as soon as I add that extra breath pressure that's required, I'm then also incorporating a stretch back so that the body starts to respond to that extra breath pressure. Stretch back is a David Jones term. Too. Is it really? Yes. Oh, yes. awesome. I love it. Yes. So there you go. Stretch back. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like looking for this movement, that stretch back, so that your your the body is learning that breath pressure doesn't equal muscle. Mm -hmm. Breath pressure equals stretch and release. That's mm -hmm. what it equals, right? Mm -hmm. So we're teaching the body that. And I love tongue trills to go with ah. that. I love tongue trills. So okay. I'll ask tongue trills from the bottom, from the from the top, top down, down and from the bottom up. So tongue trills, hi there. Um, I'll ask for tongue trills because tongue trills teach breath pressure. Mm. So how, right? So again with the stretch. So if we're doing I do this with women as well in full voice, full chest voice, mm -hmm. if you want to call it that, low voice. So I'm teaching my body what that breath pressure requirement is while in a loose environment, right? Mm. So the tongue is loose. That's the good. tongue's loose, yeah? yeah. And I'm asking them as well on the inhale to feel like there's a well so that we get the lowered larynx because the larynx wants to rush up. Everything wants to come forward and up. So I get lowered larynx. I go like, okay, does that feel kind of yawny, low, got a well in there, whatever you want. And then as we're increasing breath pressure and pitch, 
we're also then imagining that the larynx is moving down. And sometimes I actually physically ask them to just, just to, just, mm -hmm. we're not going to physically move that down. We're just going to remind just gonna, ourselves. We're going to gently stroke. Oh yeah. In a we're downward just gonna, in a motion. motion. We're just going to mm. keep reminding ourselves that there's the larynx, that kinesthetic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just Engagement. reminding. Yeah. And we're just expecting then that the larynx is going to stay in that position that I opened up when I, that I put it, that I opened it up to when I inhaled. So I have inhalation low the larynx is going to rise as we sing higher pitches it absolutely does mm -hmm. that's what right. it does mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's fine what we don't want is the larynx to like kick its butt all the way up right. into like ridiculous high and squeeze at the same time yeah. and come forward out of like the neck come forward right the mm. head come forward we don't want those things to happen so i'm i'm I, I want to make sure that they understand that the larynx will rise, that that's right. not, we're not, trying not a to, problem. We're not, we're not trying to lock it. that no, no, sucker no. down. Right. But we are just reminding the larynx with that nice rub, we're just reminding the larynx that it doesn't have to go quite so high. Yeah. <laughs> we're just reminding that there's a lot of release in there that is available, especially if the breath pressure is doing what it needs to do. And sometimes I'll show them how far the larynx yeah. can move. Oh, yeah. And that when it does move in, in, in a favorable way, it's yes. just a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Mm. It's just only going part of the way it can go. Yes. Is all exactly. that's needed. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. There's, a, there's a lot more available to you than yes. perhaps what is really necessary for the sound that you yeah. are trying to make. Yes. <laughs> we want to just well, be sure. Well, it's always extremes, right? Yeah. They, that's yeah. they yeah, immediately yeah, yeah. go to the extreme. Yeah. There's yes. no, like, I'll just gradually. It's like, I'm no. going to jam and it I'm up. In there. Yeah. And the other thing I find, too, is, is that... Uh, a lot of them start to really push down on their speaking voices. Yes, but the, yes. like too like vocal Over. fry yeah. point. Yeah. It's yeah. like, oh, oh, can we bring that up a little, little bit? Like, yeah. it, but it's it's always to the extreme. They talk yeah. about it as an issue with girls lately, but I have yes. it on a lot of my boys my too. My boys are doing yeah. it too. They're trying to be really yeah. cool. Yeah, because they're so, so, you know, it's you like, have a nice uh, I'm really fry. chill. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Do you know though? I love vocal fry as an exercise though. Oh yeah, for onset, you know, like for onset exercise, for for released singing. Yeah. Uh, for I love it for teaching belt to classical singers who Ooh. think that belting is has to feel like it's really hard work and has to feel like they're squeezing and has to oh, feel well like done. they are locking for it. Yeah, classical singers who are like ah, oh, belt has to feel like ah, oh, that's what belt has to feel like, right? <laughs> Obviously, that's what it feels like. <laughs> So if you come from, uh, uh, it's going to feel exactly the same. You're just going to go expect that same oh. release sensation and no pressure sensation that you had in the, in the vocal fry. Wow. Uh, that. Cool. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. No, that was amazing. <laughs> we'll talk, I'll, I'll talk for a long time, Brian. We'll just that be here brilliant. for a long time. And last but not least, I wanted to talk to Shannon about singing on the NG, the ing sound. Shannon had posted a really helpful video uh, about why she uses that exercise and what she's listening for and how there's a lot of diagnostic opportunities. We can really get to know what is going on with our singers, with their vocal folds. So Shannon expands on the singing on the ing sound in this little clip. The NG exercise. You did a video on this and it was lovely. I did lovely. do a video on so, it. So, so start with what you do and then why you do it. Right. 
So the NG exercises, um, I love NG exercises because not only do, do they show a lot in terms of what's happening physically in the coordination, um, but they also can lead to better coordination as well. So what we're hearing when we're hearing the NG is we're basically hearing what the folds are doing and what the breath coordination is doing with the folds without that added um, uh, confusion or challenge that can come in from the front resonator. Mm. So all we're hearing is what's happening basically from here to where we stop the sound and force the sound to go through the oral pharynx, to go through the nose. Okay, so Shannon's pointing to, to the back of the So yeah. yeah, so where the where the back of the tongue hits the roof of the mouth, right. that's where we've, we've stopped the um, sound, the sound source, from moving through the front resonator through okay. the mouth, Okay, right? so it's, we're so keeping now it at the back. Exactly, so now okay. that sound source can only go up through the nose. So we've taken the whole complication of whatever that resonator wants to do to the sound, vowels for example, we've taken all of that complication out and whatever this, the space needs to be for whatever pitch range we're at, we've taken that whole complication out of the picture. So we're only hearing what the sound source is doing, what the breath is doing with the sound source, and we're only hearing what that back resonator is doing. That's all we're hearing. Mm. And of course, what the nose is doing, but the nose doesn't change shape, right? right so the right. mouth can change all the shape, but the nose doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So when we're listening to singers, so often, often I will ask singers who have a breathy sound, or who have some noise in their sound to do NG exercises so that I can just hear whether the folds can coordinate well enough to come together well enough that to get that clarity in the sound, to get the breathiness mm. out of the sound. So, if I'm hearing, Right, if I'm hearing that, that's a fold issue. That's the folds not being able to coordinate well. Right. So if I'm hearing, ah, and then I'm hearing, mm, the folds are fine. Right, the coordination is likely fine with the folds. That's likely then something that's happening with the resonator or with the vocal track mm. as that sound source is moving through the vocal track, right? So that's the, di that's the diagnostic, a diagnostic yeah. aspect of it in terms of sound quality and timbre. The, um, the other thing that we hear very, very clearly is whether or not the breath is well coordinated. So if I'm hearing, right through an NG sound, I'm hearing that the breath is not well coordinated, and I'm hearing that the the musculature is working is very working hard to change hard. pitch. Yes. So the breath is not coordinating to help the vocal folds change their frequency, so that the mus muscles don't have to do all this extra work to help. So that coordination right. is not there for the breath, right? So what I'm asking people to do then, and, and singers can hear it too. Sometimes we get that obscured when we're listening to vowels or when we're listening to yeah, 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 which may be fine. That's, that's totally fine, except that it just, we just, I just obscured what was happening with the breath. Right, I just obscured that movement through the pitch range by that movement in the jaw and with that use of that yeah sound right. or with a consonant. We often don't hear what's happening with the breath, especially in wordy wordy songs. Right. You know, I don't know, I can't think of a wordy song right now, but any kind of wordy songs where we have lots of consonants and words happening, we don't hear what's happening with the breath. Um, we people can sing at things we get so much more muscular action happening in those songs we don't necessarily hear oh wait that breath is not well coordinated so the folds aren't working as efficiently as they could be mm -hmm. so i will ask singers often especially in wordy songs to sing the whole song with an ng oh so you'll make them right like, yeah the entire that. song with wow. an ng i can't think what's a song what's a song i don't know 
down by the Sally Gardens. Well, that's actually not as wordy as I would like, but you can hear down by the Sally Gardens. Right. You can hear my uh, uh, uh movement through yeah. there, right? Um, so I'll ask a singer to do. And get very, very sloppy with it, very messy with it. Do lots of hand motions, lots of body movement that gets them kind of messy, really like go around. Um, and then to, to then take that same kind of NG messiness sensation of no effort and let that be the production and just let the mouth do the consonants then. So then we get, or the, the, the articulators do the consonants. Right. So then we get down by the Sally Gardens. So we're working more efficiently. Than, mm -hmm. wow. So we get breath coordination happening. We get phonation coordinated with breath, essentially. And then that takes away, that will often take away the body's response to miscoordination in the breath, which is this wanting to chew vowels, wanting to chew mm. pitches, wanting to have this extra down by the Sally Gardens, right? Or you'll see singers doing scales where they're doing ah with the jaw, so the mm. jaw articulating pitches. So they're trying to use that, the articulator movement to Change to help pitch. them change pitch and do because the coordination isn't there from the breath mm. and with the musculature in the in the larynx, so um, yeah. So those are the two diagnostic things that you can use the NG for. Mm. And then I love the NG for upper pitches as well um, in females, especially like sopranos. Like sopranos, okay. yeah, going through passaggio. Again, it takes out this extra. It just takes out one of the one of the confusing things. It just takes out that resonator. So if we're if we're working high stuff, um, you just need to make sure that the jaw is low, um, that we've got an open mouth through there, even though the the um, tongue is still high at the back mm. of the mouth. So we mm. want mm, not. Mm, the jaws, yeah. Okay, lots so of this love is, over here. This is an audio. So, so the second yeah. time you did that, you allowed the my, jaw to clench. Mm -hmm. ah. So I brought my teeth together. So we want we want the tongue floating forward. We always want the tip of the tongue kind of just floating forward. We want to feel that softness in the in the tongue because the tongue will want to do this as well. Uh, you'll listen. Oh yes, the pulling back. You'll, of the the tongue. tongue will want to pull back. Yeah. So we want the tongue floating forward. We want to feel the softness in the tongue. We want the jaw just release low while we keep that coordination here and for sopranos and high high female singers they're going to start to feel that they're going to start to feel it quite nasally mm -hmm. and that gives you a kinesthetic sense of how to direct the breath energy it's important for me anyway um, because I like to be so accurate about these things to understand that we're not actually getting breath obviously going through the forehead that is not what's happening here the breath is coming through the nasal passage that's what's happening and we're getting some we're getting some reflective resonance happening here so we're getting some of the flesh moving around right um, but it's not that the air is going through there obviously but that does give you this nice kinesthetic kind of sensation which is can often start to missing aim. when we're doing the exercises they don't have the sense. don't necessarily have the sense of what to expect yeah. right so if you do I go into that sorry, it's awesome. so loud in here but I go into that same 
uh, expectation of where I sent the breath. The breath did not get sent there, but I have the, this idea in my head. The imagery is that I sent the breath to, through the same place where I had that kinesthetic sense when I had my NG going, right? So what that does then is it keeps the larynx, it keeps this whole area, this um, the vocal tract, keeps that in the shape that we had it in for when I had the NG. So then when I open, all I'm doing, if my jaw is still dropped and if my tongue is still soft and forward, all I'm doing then is letting the soft palate rise. I'm just letting the tongue release slow, the, the back of the tongue just release a little bit. Let that feeling of the release, we don't want to lock back down. We want to just feel released there. And I'm still sending the breath through that same narrowed, very fast moving kind of space and place that I sent it through when I did the NG. So what happens then is we don't get, we don't get this sensation in there, which is the down sensation where the tongue gets locked down and back. The back of the tongue gets locked down and back, which then Brian's affects the pharynx. Brian's laughing because he knows all about this. He's, he's like, that he's is like, exactly yes, what happens. Happening. So then the pharynx gets, the pharynx gets, the pharynx goes into the wrong shape, back of the throat essentially goes into the, into the wrong shape. And then we keep the mouth in the shape that we already did for that when we were singing the high notes anyway. We, right, we, already, had the, we already had the release, uh, we already had the tongue doing what we wanted it to do with the NG. So it's a, a lovely transition over into top notes, especially if you've got squeezing, especially if you've got overpressurization. Overpressure, yes. Or under-energized top notes, which can lead to that pressurization and lock into the in the larynx so if you've got a wrong shape going up there all of those kinds of things again just by taking that one aspect out of the production I find that that NG you know it just takes that one aspect out and then so long as the NG is being done well you can release the NG and then you're producing that upper sound well Wow. Yeah. It's that was like one. a master class. Right there. Impromptu between the two of you. What <laughs> some good times. Between the between Brian and I just had Dana do a lovely little exercise. That was brilliant. I love it. That was brilliant. Thank was you. So Both of you. Was my good time. And there you have it, the Vocal Exercise Masterclass with Dana Lentini, Brian Lee, and Shannon Coates. Now, I want to send out big hugs and thank yous to my good friends. Uh, for those of you looking to uh, learn more about these amazing teachers, uh, you can find Dana Lentini at her website, Born to Sing Kids. Now, that's Born to with the number two, not uh, written out, uh, borntosingkids.com. She has an amazing blog with lots of teaching strategies. And Brian Lee, author of Sane Singing, you can find Brian's amazing blog, again, some incredible articles on his website, vocalability.com. A great website, wonderful, wonderful articles. I love Brian's blog. And Shannon has just released her online course, The Vocal Instrument 101. If you are interested in diving deep into 
everything about this amazing instrument, she's now offering a continuing education course on her website. And you can find Shannon's website at shannon-coats.com. And Coats is spelled C-O-A-T-E-S. Now, if you want links to all of these wonderful people, please visit our podcast page at thefullvoice.com. And I want to uh, thank all my special guests. Thanks for being so flexible and allowing me to just drag you to the corner of a room and have a conversation with you. And I want to uh, shout out to, again, to all the teachers who were at the Nats convention in Las Vegas. It was incredible to meet you. I've I met so many people and I have quite a few new podcast guests that I'm very excited. Some teachers that are doing amazing things in their teaching studios and have some incredible research in very specific areas. It's going to be an exciting year of podcasts. As always, I am wishing you an inspired day of teaching and happy singing. Thank you for listening to the Full Voice Podcast. For more information and teacher resources, please visit our website at thefullvoice.com. Made my canoe music. Canoe music.ca. I was just, I was just, Damn so it. I made it all up. I screwed up. that up. I pressed okay, it, but it's, okay. it's okay. not real. Okay. No, I'm kidding. No, no, all no. Right, sorry. Go ahead. This is take two because I am an idiot and my sh- my husband's laughing. He's like, because you didn't press it twice, did you, Nikki? I know, honey, I didn't press it twice. Okay? I know you're editing this now and you're rolling your eyes and I love you. I love you. Okay, so Brian's going to talk about...